Chapter Twelve of Tom Playfair or Making a Start by Francis J. Finn, S.J. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Chapter Twelve, Tom's Midnight Adventure. Harry, are you hurt? Tom was bending over Harry Quip, but there came no answer. The president touched Tom lightly on the shoulder. Playfair, he said. Can I trust you to keep cool? Yes, sir, if you just tell me what's happened. There was a queer feeling went through me just now, and something seemed to burn my right leg. The house has been struck by lightning, and you received a slight shock. Harry Quip got a worse one, and Green and Jones are seriously injured. You and Pitch might remove Harry to a bed over there, but don't tell him, when he comes to, what's happened to the others, and be sure not to show him a long face, or you'll frighten him. Catch hold of his head, Johnny, said Tom. With tender care they conveyed poor Harry to the nearest bed, while the president, still cherishing a faint hope in his heart, eagerly sought to discover some signs of life in Green and Jones. Harry, shortly after being placed upon the bed, gave signs of consciousness. Halloa, Harry, cried Tom, forcing a grin. Tom, Harry gave a gasp. Yes, it's me, and you're all right, old boy. "'What's happened?' "'An electric machine got loose or something,' replied our ingenuous hero, "'and spilled itself on top of us. "'They let you have it at fairs for five cents a head.' "'But even this comic view of the situation "'failed to win a smile from Harry. "'Where's my leg?' he gasped. "'Both your legs are screwed on in the right place.' "'No, my right leg's gone.' "'Tom caught the right leg and lifted it into full view.' How does that strike you? But I don't feel it. Well, catch hold of it, then. It won't come off. You gave me an awful kick with it just a moment ago. I'm choking, continued Harry. If you were, you couldn't talk. But I can't swallow. Oh, and Harry looked more and more frightened. Who the mischief asked you to swallow? It isn't breakfast time yet, and there's nothing to eat round here anyhow. The infirmarian, who had entered at the beginning of this conversation, and who, having satisfied himself that Green and Jones were dead, had now come to Harry's side, here broke in. Playfair, we want the doctor at once. Run downstairs to the room on the next floor where the brothers sleep. They are dressing now to come up here and lend us help. Take the first one you meet, or the one that's nearest dressed, and tell him to hurry off after the doctor. We want him for Harry Quip. Waiting for no second bidding, Tom, followed by Pitch, hurried from the dormitory. Luckily they met a brother who was just coming up the stairs, and as the house clock struck twelve, Tom delivered his message. "'I'll have the doctor here within half an hour,' said the brother, turning about at once. "'I'm coming along, Brother George.' "'No, you better go to sleep.' "'I couldn't sleep now, Brother. Oh, please let me go.' Brother George made no answer and Tom, taking silence for consent, followed after him. As a matter of course, Pitch clung to his leader. Once out of doors, they sped through the garden and took the high road leading to St. Mars. Suddenly their course was arrested, for a most unprecedented thing had come to pass. There was an insignificant creek flowing past the college and down to the river. Ordinarily it was very shallow but the furious rain of the preceding day and the past hour had caused it to swell into a muddy torrent. Worst of all, there was no sign of the bridge. 
the bridge has been swept away cried tom i wish i could swim said brother george boys you remain here and i'll go to one of the houses on this side and get help scarcely had he turned his back upon them when tom pulled off his shoes stockings and sailor shirt what are you going to do tom didn't you hear the brother say he'd swim it if he could i can swim that far oh but it's an awful current you'll be carried down to the river tom gazed at the swirling stream apparently some fifty feet wide moving in all the swing of a torrent at his feet i'll bet i won't he said presently anyhow i'm willing to take a risk for old quip here johnny just lend me your scaplers i haven't been rolled in them yet but it won't hurt me to wear em i think i'd better start higher up so as to land about here on the other side having put pitch's scapulars about his neck tom ran some distance upstream now pitch good-bye shake hands it's a risk you know if anything happens you send word to my father and my aunt that i had the scaplers on tom was decidedly of the opinion that this bit of information would make up for anything that might occur so somewhat serious yet light and bold of heart he slipped into the water he took one step forward and found himself up to his waist another step and caught by the current he was whirled downstream like a cork but this cork had legs and arms and struck out vigorously for the shore vigorous as were his strokes however he felt almost at once that he would in any event be carried far downstream before reaching the other shore for all that he struck out bravely beating the water with overhand stroke tom at this period of his life was by no means an expert swimmer he had attended a swimming school several times a week during the last summer and had succeeded in learning to swim a short distance and to float on his back but he knew nothing of swimming with the current and in consequence quickly expended his strength before he had gone two-thirds of the distance across he was worn out but his presence of mind did not desert him murmuring a prayer he turned over on his back and moving his feet gently he suffered himself to be carried along he had not drifted far when his body came in contact with something a few feet below the water turning instantly he secured a hold on it with his hands hurrah he shouted to pitch i'm all right i found the railing of the bridge it's only about two feet under water and clinging to this tom made his way hand over hand as it were to the opposite shore dr mullen was not a little surprised when he opened his front door three minutes later upon a boy arrayed in the simplicity of undershirt and knickerbockers who was battering away at his door with a log of wood as though he would burst it open oh doctor our college has been struck by lightning three fellows are badly hurt and you're wanted there right off john bawled the doctor saddle my horse at once come in boy you'll need a doctor too if you don't look out how did you wet yourself i couldn't find the bridge sir and i tried to swim across i found it then or i reckon i'd be in the river by this time the doctor's wife who had caught these words now came forward and kissing tom in true motherly style an action which tom in his state of excitement took no notice of drew off his undershirt and threw her own cloak about him that's just the thing mary put in dr mullen now get him a small glass of brandy while i put him to bed oh i say cried tom i'm not sick you go off and take care of the fellows that need you returning no answer to this expostulation the doctor pushed tom into his own sleeping-room and without further ceremony pulled off our young swimmer's knickerbockers and proceeded to rub him down vigorously ouch 
cried Tom suddenly. Why, boy, you're burnt. The doctor was gazing at a spot on Tom's right knee, about the form and size of the human heart. I thought there was something the matter when I pulled off my stockings. That's where the electricity took me. Were you struck too? I think so. I went tumbling over as if I was paralyzed. That burn isn't much. It's good as no more. And the doctor, who had opened a medicine chest, applied an ointment to the spot, bandaged it, and had Tom wrapped warm in his own bed before his wife entered the room with a glass of brandy. Now, boy, these are your orders. You stay in this bed till nine o'clock tomorrow. By keeping quiet, you'll escape the consequences of overexcitement and overexertion. You understand? But, doctor, I can't sleep. You can, though. Mary, if this boy doesn't go to sleep in ten minutes, give him a teaspoonful of this. Now, goodbye. The doctor, aided by the directions of Pitch and the brother, easily found the bridge and made the college in a few minutes. Jones and Green gave him no trouble. They were beyond doctor's skill, had been from the moment the bolt touched them. But for the rest of the night he was busy nursing and warming and rubbing poor Harry's legs into life. Harry, meanwhile, under the influence of an opiate, slept a dreamless sleep, watched over with loving care by a gentle woman. End of chapter 12 Recording by Maria Therese